What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast. My name is Michael PV, as always. All right. Joined me, of course, back from Senior Bowl coverage. Rashad, man, how how you doing? I'm pretty good, man. It's nice to get introduced first. That's what I got to do around here. I got to go to Senior Bowl. You know, that's what I got to do. Oh, my Lord. Hey, man, we, we got a lot of things coming up in 2022 for you guys, man. You know, right now, of course, we had Rashad, it was a big, probably the biggest week for the Blue Stable last week with with Rashad, you know, breaking some news there. Uh, obviously getting kudos from uh, a couple of other guys in indie media. Big shout out to Rashad for that stuff. Uh, the, the, the site's taking off, guys. We appreciate every single one of you that tune into these articles for our writers, whatever, what, what I write. I'm not even sure if I'm good at writing, but y'all read it anyway. So I uh, thank you guys. Uh, and oh, yeah, we also have another co-host, Destin Adams. Uh, Destin, man, what, what's going on, man? <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I understand Rashad's become Hollywood. Uh, Rashad, Rashad just takes this. We're, this next episode, we're just gonna have a picture of Rashad just so we can get the clicks. I think uh, we're, we're we're gonna have to start marketing this correctly um, if we're gonna have a Hollywood guest host. But uh, we're um, okay, but just playing. We, we love we love the recognition uh, Rashad was able to get this past week uh, and the ability just to keep growing the brand love that he was able to be out there at the senior bowl even if i was a little bit jealous um <laughs> and even more jealous of the fact that rashad gets to get on a plane tomorrow to go to the freaking super bowl i think rashad's just living his best life dude forget the super bowl he's gonna be able to watch dr dre eminem kendrick lamar mary j Bly. i mean he's gonna get I heard, that's what i heard, I heard he's gonna be on stage i, I heard rashad signed up to hold him in him oh. Damn, you got it like that, Rashad. Oh, I need to get like you. Use the switch controller. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Guys, before we get started here, I mean, the things we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Gus Bradley. We're going to talk about the scheme, uh, assistant coaches that are coming and going. Now, once again, guys, uh, if y'all want to check out any articles down below in the description, description on YouTube, there's going to be uh, my own article that I'm writing, you know, updating daily. Uh, assistant coaches coming or going. We got Jack uh, Gooley, one of our writers, wrote an article about potential Carson Strong, the quarterback from Nevada entering the draft. Is he a guy that can come? Uh, and 
come to Indy and make a difference. You know, make sure you check out those articles down below. Make sure you check out the site. Uh, all, all kinds of articles we got over there. Great writers that we have, guys. So, guys, we have a new defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Now, we've heard all kinds of things up to, like, what, the 12th hour. We got something completely different. So, guys, Gus Bradley coming over from Las Vegas, not Oakland, from Las Vegas, coming here, spoke with the media. Uh, I think you could probably consider him a guy that's media-friendly. Spoke with the media yesterday, and I want to start with Rashad right quick. Uh, Gus Bradley, initial thoughts on the hire. Um, great guy. Had the pleasure of meeting him in 2017. Um, last game of the season, Chargers played the Raiders. Uh, flew to California. That's actually the last time I've been to California. I flew to California, checked the game out. Um, Gus Brad, uh, my brother introduced me to him actually in the weight room. I wasn't lifting any weights, obviously, as you can tell. But he was a great guy, man. Absolute uh, swell guy. Really knowledgeable. Uh, talked about a lot of things, a, a lot of different coverages. And I know he mentioned something, something that he told me. So I at least know he's consistent with his point as far as he likes to stay ahead of, of defensive trends. You know, um, at that time, 2017, 2018, the Rams was the Rams pretty much was dictating the offensive trend and where the NFL was headed next. And Gus was pretty much leaning toward the too high shell thing. And at a time where not a lot of people was going in that direction, you know, now it's the popular thing to run too high. And we saw it in the AFC Championship when Cincinnati Bengals played the Kansas City Chiefs. That's pretty much what you have to do with guys like Mahomes. You know, you rely on your front four. You can't afford to send any extra resources. You need them on the back end. And it was so bad with Mahomes that they eventually started dropping eight guys and only rushing three and forcing him to make mistakes because that's just the way the NFL is now with these explosive quarterbacks. So Gus is a guy that is really knowledgeable I was excited. Lots of experience. He's been a defensive coordinator for over 10 years in the NFL, and that's not even including his head coaching stint. Um, awesome resume. And I see a lot of potential, and a lot of it is going to really depend on the staff that he feels around him. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, like Michael said, this was not the guy that it felt um, that the, um, the, the Colts were centering on early, um, but obviously things moved fast once the Colts uh, had the interest there. They made it quick. They made him the defensive coordinator here, a guy with a lot of experience, a guy who has fielded so many great defenses. I mean, the Legion of Boom gets talked about a lot, but, I mean, if you go back to his head coaching stint with the Jaguars, those defenses were successful. You go look at his work with the Chargers back when they were in San Diego. They were impressive. And then you go to Las Vegas last year, and they made a crazy good jump for, for their team this past year. Um, I mean, wherever the guy goes, the defensive succeeds. Um, I think that was an important part of his resume, obviously, um, through this search that the Colts wanted to make. And I'm, I'm excited. I think there are different parts um, that are going to stand out that we'll get to speak about a little bit more. Um, but I really like the hire. I do. I, I'm with y'all. I, I like the hire as well. I mean, uh, I mean, y'all already said everything about it. Wherever he's gone, defenses has performed. Uh, you know, some players have followed him. Some coaches have followed him for much of his career, actually. And I know a lot of people, when, when the announcement was made, everybody kept going to Jacksonville. Like, look at his stint as a head coach. I think his record was 14 and 48. Like, who cares as a head coach? That's a completely different position than defensive coordinator. Like, who cares about it? Go back to Oakland, go back to Seattle, go back to Jacksonville, like Destin alluded to, go back to San Diego and L.A. as the Chargers. I mean, the players that he's developed, that he's helped in, in uh, be involved in their development. We're talking about guys like Josh Jackson, like Jason Verrett, like Derwin James, Kenneth Murray, Kaiser White. We're talking about Denzel Perryman. We're talking about some guys that have turned in pro bowl years so, yes, we're going to be excited about it. And he even mentioned uh, talking with Lara Overton. It helps already having established leaders, pro bowlers, all pros, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, Kenny Moore. And you got young guys like Rocky Sin, Julian Blackman. It all makes it all makes it so much better, guys. I mean, I can't even really uh, go and go and just go on and on about it because Desha Rashad already did it. But 
some things about the scheme. You know, there's a little bit of misunderstanding right now um, about what this scheme is going to be. So, Destin, I'm going to start with you. When we talk about the scheme, everybody keeps talking about, oh, it's still cover two, or is it going to be mainly cover three? We won't see cover two. We're all going to sit here and have a football talk. We're probably going to get into some X's and O's. We're probably going to get technical, which is what we usually don't do, but I'm actually excited about because I'm a huge defensive guy. I won't go first. Destin, I'll allow you to go first. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot it, – it's really hard when you're um, studying defenses and defensive formations um, because you're going to see a pattern. Um, you're going to see a pattern in every game you watch. And if you go through um, Gus Bradley's overall work, I do understand why people would say that he is a mainly cover three coverage type. But um, if you just keep going down the line, he's a guy that really likes to switch it up. He's a guy who really likes to get creative um, with the coverages on the back end. Um, so one of the things I even got to watch, I watched his opening press conference um, with Laura Overton for the Colts and the interview that she was able to do with him. And that was a great interview, by the way. You should check that out on either the Colts app or their Colts YouTube page if you guys ever get the chance. Um, but um, some things he had to even say about his scheme. He made the highlight that most people would say he is a cover three centered um, coordinator, but that's not really the case. He even said that it's not as dependent on it. Um, and just a little quote here. Um, he also said that he likes to adjust to the offensive formation in front of him, wanting to stay a year or two even ahead of offenses as the games change. Um, and that's something that we really like to see because I feel like my biggest con against Iberflus this past couple of years um, is that he wasn't really willing to change out of his scheme when it wasn't working. Um, it was expecting the guys to just make plays and it was very turnover dependent uh, on certain areas. That's not Gus Bradley's style. Gus is going to be able to adjust to the game flow. He's going to make changes where needed. He's going to go match. We're going to see man. We're going to see some press. Um, he's he's going to throw everything out there and see what works. He even noted that him and after he gets his entire staff figured out, the first thing they're doing as a group is going through and watching film on the guys that are going to be here next year, figure out what their strengths are, figure out what they need to adjust to their scheme before the year even starts. Um, Bradley's not going to be a guy stuck in his own way. He's going to be able to develop a scheme that works from what he's worked with in the past and making it strong, but also using what strengths we already have in place. I mean, Mike, <clears throat> um, Gus Bradley, you know, uh, obviously he's predicated in, uh, with a 4-3 background. That's something that that Ballard was passionate about, getting a guy that runs the 4-3. He believes that's the defense that you play with when you're in a dome, and that's the way to win. So that is his, his Gus Bradley's back, background. You know, he likes to use, two, two, obviously, two defensive tackles in the inside, and one big end and one – one smaller end, the smaller end, he typically calls the Leo position. And that's pretty much a speed guy. You know, he's not going to win with power. He's the guy that's, that, that's strictly going to affect the quarterback. And, and that's his rule. The big end is more, he's more of an edge setter, pretty much. Uh, we see, we've had guys in the past that, that was edge setters. Uh, a guy like Danico Autry was a, was a good edge setter for us, but he was also able to get pressure. Um, one of the most notable edge, edge setters that, we had in the past that wasn't really a big sack guy, but but played well for us was Jabal Shear. You know, think of guys like that. That's most of the time what what the big edge position is going to give you. Um, linebackers, obviously, he he's great with linebackers. Uh, he's great with pass rushers as well. Before I leave defensive line, he's great with pass rushers. We know his resume, everything he did in Seattle with those guys up front. Um, what he did with the Chargers with Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. Um, you saw what he did last year with Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Like the, the, the evidence is there that, that the guy knows how to generate pass rush. And he doesn't do it by blitzing. As Dustin mentioned earlier, they were the least blitzing team in the NFL, but still a top 10 team in pressures. Like that has to count for something. He, he's a guy that's throwback. He believes in old school football. Um, his defensive backs coach, uh, I know we're going to get to that a little bit later. But that's an old school guy as well. I just showed them a quote of another coach saying how great of a guy he is and, and how he's a kind of a throw in a throwback mode, but still is very good at technique and technician. And I think that's what, what Gus succeeds with. The people he puts around him is really technicians and, and guys that develop guys. 
it, that was the biggest thing we were missing. I think in Indy, no knock on Eberflus, but some of the people that he put around him just wasn't real developers. And I know as a defensive coordinator, he was too busy to spend time probably with those guys individually and develop. So you have to rely on your staff, man. Uh, I know he ended up signing James Rowe, uh, as and he spent one year with the defensive back. So we saw the difference, you know, one year with a defensive back coach that can develop. And, and look, look at the turnaround our secondary made as far as the younger guys. We know Xavier Rhodes tailed off, but Rocky Sin picked it up. Isaiah Rogers flashed more often. So it, it's a big difference with the staff guys that you put around him. But I think Gus Bradley, to sum it up and put the bow on it, is just he's multiple. He's a guy that that's willing to adjust according to personnel. And that's the biggest thing for me. Uh, I talked to a couple of guys at the senior bowl, um, shout out Sean Smith, a former NFL veteran on the defensive line. He played with my brother with the Bengals and played for the Kansas city chiefs for um, a total of nine years. He said the best, the, he left me with this quote. He said, the best thing a defensive coach can ever do for him is adjust the scheme to him and not make him adjust to a certain particular scheme. And, and that resonated with me. It's something I always believed in. And when he said it, it just kind of confirmed everything I was feeling. And I definitely agree. When people think of Gus Bradley in this scheme, a lot of people want to say what Seattle was, mainly a cover three, because that's what their personnel was. When you really look at their personnel in the backfield, or in the back secondary, you look at Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Byron Maxwell. Uh, and yes, but it fit that scheme. And also at that time in 2012, in those years, it wasn't too pass heavy like it is now. And that's one of the things like Destin alluded to. He will adjust where Matt Eberflus didn't adjust. That's how he's adjusting more. You know, when he goes to match, it's to defend against the pass. And before, when you go to cover three, I would love to see, I think we have the good duo to go to a cover three with our safeties in Blackman and, and Willis. But when it comes to the corners, the linebackers, the linebacker placement, are you putting him in the right scheme? Where's the gap uh, responsibility? Whose is it? You know, all, all that stuff. We don't want to get too technical, but all that right. stuff matters when you come into uh schemes and when you adapt when you adjust when you add different things every single year according to what this new league is it matters and i think that's where gus bradley excels so that's our thoughts on the scheme of course the leo we don't know how that's gonna go we would probably you know think the starting defensive line is gonna be quitty pay grover stewart deforest buckner dio dangbo so i i think we could probably agree on that that's just the projection right now uh we'll I mean, get it fitted it fitted from a schematic standpoint because like yeah. i said a bit the big end would be dio in that situation and quitty pay would have to be the leo kind of heavy for a leo but yeah. he still has the burst and the speed to play the position though so i think he'd be fine if that i'm still banking on uh chris ballard to get one big time edge though i still think that i say need it i think um waiting a little bit just to see what the personnel looks like. I think Michael's right. If the personnel stays the same, that's probably the direction that that would go. Um, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, hey, I mean, um, the interesting part of the Leo role is it kind of offers an ability in the 4-3 um, to be able to have um, an option for a stand-up rusher at times as well, um, which could even mean um, some guys that – didn't have the same production in the past that would fit that role better could even come back and we'll see kind of what this off season brings. Um, but it just brings a whole new element. Um, but I mean, again, I think the big thing that we were all looking for in the defensive coordinator hire is we wanted a guy that could match the aggression of Frank Reich and a guy who would be willing to adjust to the form flow of play. Um, and I think Gus Bradley is the right guy for the hire. I really do. I think he has the experience. I think he has the scheme that can work for us. Um, we just need to, figure out what the personnel is going to look like. And he's going to do that. His staff's going to look that, and we have some more stuff to talk about, about it. I'm sure. Yeah. Another thought on the, on, on that Leo position. And right now, this is what Gus Bradley said in, in the interview that we're going to sit down. We're going to watch all the tape of all the different guys and they're going to decide what is better, who fits where we're, that's just our assumption. Quiddy pay could be at the Leo. They could decide, okay, I think he's better fit. On the big end, where's Gadio going to be? He'll be a debt piece, a very good debt piece. I, I think he would be. So we got to go another direction for the Leo. That's just 
my assumption. Now, if I was Gus Bradley and whoever the defensive line coach would be, I would get with him, get with his trainer and say, look, you weigh this much, drop 20 pounds off of that. And now we got something to work with. So other than that, guys, our next segment that is coming up, we're going to get into assistant coaches right now. One uh, is being named as the DB coach, you know, with that's not just safety. That's not just corners. That is the entire secondary coach. Ron, am I saying this? Milas? Ron Milas, is that the correct pronunciation? I think I'm on an island over here, guys. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've heard I've heard both Ron Milas and Ron Millis. Um, so I guess you could just go for it right hey, now. Hey, coach, if you're listening, go ahead and comment how you pronounce it. All right, coach. If you're yeah, listening, yeah, Co- Coach Ron, go. just go with Coach Ron. <laughs> oh, Coach Ron, there you go. All right. The official coach of the Blue Stable. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> in, anyways, Ron Miles is being rumored, of course, as the guy that is going to come on and coach the DBs. He has been with Gus Bradley for a long time. And again, he has coached up a lot of guys. I mean, the list goes on. The Derwin Jameses of the world, the Jason Verrett's of the world, the Casey Haywards of the world. Even last year, they got a rookie in Trayvon Merrick, and he turned in the best rookie season as a safety out of that entire class that came out of the draft last year. He was sound. He played smarter. I mean, I was impressed with how he was playing, and Ron Miles is the guy behind all of that. He can mold. He can teach. From what I hear, he is great in the film room. He is so good in the film room, getting guys to understand what they're truly looking at, what their responsibility is, the communication of all that is good. So, uh, Rashad, I'm going to start with you on, on Coach Ron. Him getting to Indy, what does this mean? For uh, you know, guys like Rocky Sin, Kenny Moore, Isaiah Rogers, Justin Blackman, and Kari Willis. Um, it's the next step. It's the next step in evolution. Uh, I think one thing that they'll always be able to take with them is the experience that the one year that James Rowe did spend with them, the way he developed them, the attention to detail that he taught those guys to always trust your technique, never build on your technique. I think Ryan Millis is just gonna give it a little boost, you know, a, a guy that has literally seen it all. He's been a defensive back coach since 1993, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Like, that's how long he's been coaching defensive backs. He started off at Washington, which was the college that he went to, and then he made the jump to the NFL in the 2000s. He went to the Denver Broncos. He's, he's been all around the league. He's, I'm not even going to name It's about seven or eight different, different teams that he's coached for. Uh, most recently, his stint with – the Raiders, as we know, and then before that with the Chargers. Uh, I know several coaches and have relationship with several coaches that have spent time with them and says how great of a coach he is, how much attention to detail that he pays, and the way he teaches his technique is is the exact way that Gus Bradley likes it taught. It's, it's typically last year he was with Ryan, Ryan Mellon, Marinelli, and a lot of people don't know that that the way you play coverage, it marries, it's supposed to be married to the pass rush. You know, they're supposed to go hand in hand. It, it's not supposed to be one or the other. I saw that. I thought that was a problem with Eva Flus's defense as well. But Ryan Miles is definitely going to coach it the way it should be coached. And, and he's flexible in that regard. Whether you're playing with an attack in front or a more laid back conservative approach, he's going to coach it the right way because he's seen the right way. He's done it a long time. And trust me, you don't coach in the NFL for – 20 years without doing something right you know i mean this guy's seen it all he's seen how the offenses have have transitioned he's seen how defenses have transitioned through the nfl i mean he's seen the nfl in so many different eras um and he's still around he's a guy who's looked at as a guru for dbs the guy who's looked at as a legit intelligent mind um, for that room. I mean, I think losing James Rowe was tough, um, especially watching um, a guy like Rocky Sin have the resurgence he did. Um, So this need to be a good hire. I thought the two most important assistant positions that the Colts were going to have to ace um, were the defensive line and the DB coach. Um, I give it an A-plus for the DB coach already. I mean, this is a guy who knows his stuff. He's going to come in and he's going to make sure that what Rock learned last year is only the beginning. Um, and it's going to be huge for Rock's development. It's going to be huge for Kenny's development. I mean, he's worked with guys that 
are in that Kenny Moore realm. I mean, he's worked with guys um, like Desmond King um, and got him in the realm of being a pro bowler. Um, he's worked with Casey Hayward, who who does a little bit more on the outside than Kenny does. Um, but I mean, Casey plays in the interior as well. I mean, he, and he's worked with him for countless years. I mean, he's worked with guys that are going to fit these corners that we have and, and maybe some guys that come in as well. Um, it's, it's a great hire. It is a great hire. And another thing that we do have to talk about are the possible assistants that are coming with him. Now, we did talk about Ron, Ron Millis. Okay, Ron Millis. Now, I do want to say, I'm not sure if I missed it, but I'm not sure if there was ever a confirmed hiring of him. But I did. I oh, did. Was. There was. Well, it's not confirmed by the Colts. Um, multiple Colts beat writers have confirmed it. And uh, oh, okay. Gus Bradley in his opening interview press um, kind of danced around the question a little bit when asked if there was any confirmed people coming with him. And he just said, um, to paraphrase, that they're still in the process of building a staff. Um, I, I'm assuming they're wanting to announce the entire staff together yeah. is what it's kind of sounding like. Uh-huh. Um, so he's probably waiting on that end. But multiple beat writers have kind of already came out saying it, multiple from the Indy Star. Um, so I would go ahead and say it's happening. Um, they probably I mean, just want to wait to announce the whole staff. Maybe he's I, waiting for the Super Bowl to be played. I, maybe he is waiting. Oh, we don't want to jump on that wagon yet, guys. Okay, bringing my little Texas Southern uh, accent going on here. Okay, we're also sponsored by. No, 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 we're not. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> hey, no, nah, uh, uh-uh. uh, trying to work on some type of a sponsorship, guys. Trying to work on it. I am trying to beat these people's heads in on trying to land one um obviously Michael wants to go big mike 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 wants to go dr pepper dr pepper that's what we're trying to well i mean if i had my preference i would be i I would be a sprite guy honestly if if there's a soda um that y'all drink which one is y'all's go-to um i'm big on sprite and dr pepper but i'm down for whatever now I'll say this. If I'm at one of those places like a Qdoba that have those uh coca-cola flavor machines of of vanilla coke vanilla beaten Yes, it is. Okay. That's God tier soda right there. Okay. All right. I'm my top three that I always go with are either Sprite, Dr. Pepper, or Root Beer. The root beer I get from my grandfather. I mean, he was a big root beer guy. I guess oh. I'll I got that gene as well. So um this is the cult podcast, guys. Uh <laughs> talking about some now the the point that we were making about, you know, was Ron Miles confirmed. I think Gus Bradley probably confirmed it himself without actually confirming it because if i remember correctly he mentioned we got to find a defensive line coach a linebacker coach and he didn't mention safety so he's probably already on staff uh probably already probably already in the process of moving getting the u-hauls michael you sleuth no one can get anything (laughs) by you oh my goodness (laughs) he's so astute (laughs) i'm the i'm the world's greatest detective okay (laughs) <laughs> here being, being oh, all, I'll say all I'm gonna say is if you have you if you've watched the show Murder Town that just came out on Netflix, um, my my boy Marshawn Lynch in episode two is a detective. Um, Michael, if you were a detective, you'd be Marshawn Lynch in that episode. You go watch it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Is it a good show? I don't know. It's pretty if good. That's it's, a... it's all improv. It's an all improv show. I'm out here giving Netflix recommendations on the podcast right now. Murder Town on Netflix. Murder Town on Netflix. Make sure to make, <laughs> make sure to check out Cobra Kai, the best show out there going right now. Okay, <laughs> I love me some Cobra Kai, man. Always, I'm a Miguel guy. But um, guys, we need to talk about the Colts. Okay, possible uh assistants coming. You know, looking at uh where he's been, possible coaches that have been with him. Talking about defensive line and linebackers coach. I'm actually gonna hand. Uh, each position to you guys, actually. I'm actually, you know, I spoke a little bit about Ron Miles. I'm actually going to take a step back and let you guys talk here, okay? So, Rashad, I'm going to give you linebackers. Destin, I'm going to give you defensive line. Uh, since we're going to go from bottom to the top, let's go uh, Destin. Yeah, we just couldn't give Rashad defensive line. There's a reason, I'm assuming. Uh, but, yes. uh, I mean – like I said a few minutes ago, uh, the two spots that I thought were really, really important heading into the offseason after the defensive coordinator spot, of course, that is really important, um, was these assistant jobs. You had to ace the DB coach, and I think they did, um, and you have to ace the D-line. The underproduction there is something that has to be fixed. It's something that's going to have to be taken care of, and 
for it to go the right way, we're going to have to get the right guy under center. Now, the question is, who are some people um, that we've seen? Who are some people that could go that route? Um, the first person um, who has a connection to Gus Bradley was with him when he was in the Chargers. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. Uh, he's a defensive line coach for the Rams currently. A pretty productive group, if I had to say so myself. Um, his name is leaving my mind. Rashad, what, what's his name? Oh. Never heard of him. I was actually intrigued to see where you was going with this. Oh, isn't isn't oh. his name like Garrett or something like that? Yeah, Garrett. Garrett. Uh, oh, Garrett, oh, Garrett. Um, Garrett Walton, something oh. like that. So I believe his name Garrett actually. Green, I think it's okay, guys. I I'll let you know his name. You guys can get to know him a little bit. His name is Eric Henderson. Oh, uh, Henderson I never line, never heard of him. Yeah, Eric Henderson, defensive line coach uh, for the L.A. Rams, playing in the Super Bowl possibly the brother of somebody we may know, but uh, Eric Henderson, a guy who just gets the most out of his defensive line. I mean, you can, when people hear his name, they're going to connect it to Aaron Donald and say, how hard is it to coach Aaron Donald? But I mean, is Aaron Donald the only person on that line? Is there a person that steps on the Rams off defensive line that doesn't produce? Like that's, that's the thing that comes to my mind. I mean, we're not, we're not going to sit here and act like Greg Gaines has become a monster. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's just so many guys that step foot on the L.A. Ram defensive line that just flat out produce. Um, And I think that's something that could translate. I mean, Aaron Donald's one thing, but Aaron Donald's at a peer of his own. But I mean, DeForest Buckner ain't no slouch on the interior. So if he can't if he made the jump over to Indianapolis at the same role, he has a working relationship with Gus in the past. He'd still have that interior beast there that plays a similar style, maybe not as Aaron Donald like, um, but I mean, he's in that top two to three realm at the spot. Um, I think Eric Henderson's a guy that could come in and get the most out of this room as well as some guys that are added. Um, another one that a lot of people have been mentioning that I want to just take off the table for everybody. If you haven't seen the reports, I mean, Rod Mar- Marinelli, Marinelli, mm-hmm. Marinelli, Marinelli. Um, he ends like up reti- marinara. like marinara. Um, he marinara ends up- sauce legendary defensive line coach who had multiple connections uh, to Gus Bradley had been with him this past in with the Las Vegas. He had been with Gus Bradley previously as, as well. Um, so now the option comes in, was he coming? He ends up retiring from football um, after multiple years in the NFL. Like I said, a guy who was well-respected across the league, a guy who, just didn't get that spot um, anywhere else after here because he's going to hang it up and he's going to spend time with family. But, hey, once you get to, like, their age, I can't blame him. I mean, football is football. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I if I was a coach, I don't know if I'd be coaching in my 70s. I couldn't do it. 72 years old, Rod Marinelli spent time with the Raiders, I mean, the Bears, the, the Cowboys. Uh, I remember he, he's the guy that, you know, developed Demarcus Lawrence when he was good. He sucks now, but he, he was good. Uh, a few years ago and Rod Marinelli, like, like Dustin said, I mean, w- w- what does life look like? You know, his situation with his wife. I, I don't know his children, his grandchildren. You think at 72 years old, he's got to have grandchildren by now. Uh, I remember I just briefly shook his hand at a cowboy game one time after a preseason game. He's so small, dude. Like he, he, he walks, you know, he, his, his walk reminds me of my grandfather. Um, gentleman, so smart. Uh, love him. It is unfortunate that he is not going to come to Indy, but if he's ready for retirement, go to Malibu, get them crusty feet in the sand and get in the water. Rashad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, oh, wait. Said one defensive line coach. Here. Oh, yeah. we're, just ass- we're just assuming who it is, I guess. I but, mean, we uh, started we started recording um, at nine. It's eleven o'clock. You spent like hey. 30 minutes on that one guy. <laughs> that, that's just not how that happened. I mean, I'll be really quick on the next two. There another guy, there. another guy who has some connections to Bradley is Todd Walsh. Uh, had been there with him in Jacksonville. Um, he was also there in Seattle with him. Multiple different stints here with Gus Bradley, a guy who's done the defensive line. Probably wouldn't be the most sexy hire in most people's minds, but there's a connection there for a reason. Um, A guy that I would put as a pipe dream that I don't know of any connection to Gus Bradley, but a guy that I would love to see get it. He'd have to get a little bit of promotion, maybe the run game coordinator as well to make it work. Um, Ryan Nielsen for the Saints. Um, I think they're going to end up promoting Chris Richard to defensive coordinator um, in in New Orleans. Um, So he's a guy that 
I think is going to be a head coach in the NFL one day, like 110% of me. Like he just has that fire. He has that grit. People love playing for him. He gets the most out of his guys. Hell of a coach, just flat out hell of a coach, Ryan Nielsen. I think this guy's a future head coach. I would love to get him in the room, get him with these defensive linemen. Again, you'd have to give him some sort of promotion. Probably the run game coordinator is what comes to mind to be able to make it work. Um, but I would love to have him here. Okay. Um, speaking of, of linebackers that I have, Mike put me in charge of the linebackers. And I had two guys. I felt like it was a two-guy race, and it still is, in my opinion. Um we can start off with a guy that has history with us. Obviously, back in the Seattle days, he was the linebackers coach then. I'm going to go with Ken Norton Jr., um, former defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, um, was officially relieved of his duties earlier in the offseason. And he's been one of the most productive guys when it comes to getting the most out of your linebackers in the NFL. I mean, we saw what he did with, with Bobby Wagner and what he did with KJ Wright. You know, uh, Malcolm Smith was Super Bowl MVP. You know, that's another guy that was in the linebacker uh, stable under Ken Norton. So his work is proven. Um, like I said, he has history with Gus. I think that would be a good high. You're seeing Ken Norton work hands-on with Darius Leonard and Bobby Okereke. I think that can be great for for their development because Bobby's still young, you know, Bobby just finished his first full year as a starter, you know? So I think there's pretty, un, a, a lot of untapped potential right there. And Ken Norton may be just the guy to unlock it. Um, the other guy I'm going to mention is uh, a guy with more history with Gus Bradley, uh, Richard Smith. Um, Richard Smith has been around for a long time. He actually was on the staff for the Atlanta Falcons, um, the year they went to the Super Bowl, he was their linebackers coach, um, 2016 season, I believe that was. He was the defensive coordinator at that time. And then he went, took the linebackers coach job for the Chargers for two years, linking up with Gus. And Gus took him from the Chargers to the Raiders. So that's that's more history with, with a guy that I'm familiar with, had the pleasure of meeting him, although it was a brief interaction, didn't get to really talk football with him. Seemed like a, a nice guy. He's been around for a long time. He's a bit on the older side, though. Um, I believe he's in his mid-60s. So, you know, as a staff, I, was like, I would like to see a little bit younger blood get put in the staff somewhere just so we could get kind of some fresh ideas and, and just not get stagnant and what are we, what we trying to do as a defense, but I still would be great, man, with, with, you know, Richard Smith or Ken Norton Jr., both guys that's experienced, both guys that have been defensive coordinators in this league and has experience at the highest level playing in Super Bowl, both, and both guys coaching in Super Bowls, I'm sorry. So I, it, I think it's, the experience would be great for Indy either way that they decide to lean. Yeah, that's uh... – what, what just happened here? Oh, snap. Sorry, y'all. Having a little uh there we go. Now we're back. Okay. Anyways, uh uh another Mike Mike's Michael's mic was just trying to drop it like it was hot over there. I saw it. <laughs> Dude, weirdly, the the headphone jack to my headphones literally just fell out of my <laughs> microphone. I, I have no idea. Uh now I have a is. mental picture of Mike dropping it like it's hot. Oh, I apologize. Hey man, I, I got I, I got I got plenty of ass back here. All right. Y'all don't want to see that. Okay. All right. It's over. <laughs> hey, bro, I'm from Texas. Come on now. I'm Mexican and I'm from Texas. Come on now. Um, but anyways, back to R Richard Smith. I mean, look at where like what Rashad pointed to. He was the defensive coordinator for Atlanta when they, they went to the Super Bowl and choked. But who was there? He got he, he got some good stuff out of Vic Beasley. He developed yeah. Deion Jones. Deion Jones, yeah. Deion Jones was a rookie and started in the Super Bowl. Started that whole year and he played well. He played well. Goes to and what's the guy with Green Bay? The guy who plays for Green Bay this year. Blake Martinez. Uh, he's a Pro Bowl. He was all um he was all pro. This is his first year with Green Bay. He was this drafted with Deion Jones for the Falcons. Oh my God. Levandre Campbell. Oh, Devondre Campbell. Okay, yes, yeah. Devondre Campbell. You got yeah. Kenny Denzel Perryman uh, for the Chargers. Kenneth Murray for the Chargers. He helped elevate. You got other guys there, and you go, and, of course, we talked about Denzel uh, Perryman went to Las Vegas. I keep 
thinking about Oakland goes to Las Vegas and he becomes a pro bowler. Like where'd that come from? So that is another thing I wanted to talk about with, with Richard Smith. We got another one here to talk about guys of safeties and I'm going to hand this one off to Destin. All right. So Destin, talk to us about safeties. Yeah, so I'm going to give two options that I would like to see. One would be someone that I think would be a guy who's worked with Gus before um, in that position, also played in the NFL. And one's a guy who has some Colts roots, wants to get into coaching, um, and I think could open some doors in some other realms, and I'll kind of explain them both. But the first one who I think is more likely, um, just because he's worked with um, Gus Bradley in the past, even under the safety position, um, and played in the NFL, Marquand Manuel, he, last year, he worked with the safeties coach of the New York Jets. Um, I can't imagine the Colts couldn't win a job race over the Jets. I just, I just believe in my heart the Colts could snag him if they wanted to, even yeah. if it is a lateral move. Um, he's worked with Dan Quinn before in the same exact role. Um, the safety position here in Indy has a little bit more bright side um, than the Jets. I think he's the most realistic option um, that has worked with Dan Quinn in the past. Now, a guy who has some Colts roots, Darius Butler, came out saying he was interested in uh, working on the staff. Um, being He was interested in putting his hat in the ring for even defensive coordinator jobs. Uh, maybe a little bit uh, energetic on his part there, but – he's a guy that knows his stuff. He talks about the DB rooms. He talks about safety play. He talks about cornerback play. He knows his stuff. We've heard him talk the X's and O's. And if he's a guy who wants to get in, he wants to start learning. I think the safety spot would be a really great opening role for him to be able to come in the room, work with that position group, have a guy like Rob Millis to be able to groom him a little bit and kind of teach him the ropes of coaching um, before he kind of has to take the next step, whether that's in Indy or elsewhere. I think it would be a really good place for him to get his feet wet in the NFL. Hmm. Okay. I like Darius Butler. I, I, I do. And when Destin says, you know, it might be a little bit premature going after defensive coordinator jobs, I just think about Josh McCown could have been – the head coach of the Houston Texans. And I think premature would have been the correct word to use if he would have got that job. Yeah. But uh, yes, I mean, he, he was going to get the job, but I'm pretty sure the Texans were pressured. To oh, yeah. People who say peer him. pressure doesn't work. People who say peer pressure doesn't work. They're liars. They, they are liars. If you're, they if you're are a liars. kid listening to us, just cover your ears for a second. Uh, but peer pressure works. Apparently if Houston if wanted Flores, to hire. Yeah. If Brian Flores did not file that lawsuit, Josh McCown would be the head coach of the Houston Texans right now. And I would love it because they still suck, but (laughs) come on now. I mean, uh, anyways, guys, we're going to get into some, um, guys into some coaches that have left on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we are going to talk about offensive analyst, former offensive analyst, press Taylor. Of course he was in Philadelphia, they went to the Super Bowl, all that good stuff, came over with Frank Reich, was an offensive analyst. He was the guy that was working with Frank Reich, uh, working with Carson Wentz after practice, getting with him, you know, in the film room, whatever the case may be. He is going to Jacksonville for the offensive coordinator job promotion. Offensive coordinator job, I don't know if he'll call plays. I have no idea, but uh, he will join uh, Doug Peterson, of course, the Philadelphia connection. I, I just got to say, they, they are a division team, and yes, they ruined our season, but I really like the Doug Peterson press Taylor for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I, I think that's a good hire. I mean, um, after going Urban Meyer and the situations that unfolded, I think Jacksonville kind of lost the ability to go a young, up-and-coming, like, risky option. I think they had to go a safer veteran option that knows offense, that can work with Trevor. Um, maybe down the line he gets that young coach that they can groom with. But I think the Urban Meyer situation ending as badly as it did made Peterson the right hire. Hey, Press Taylor's trying to move up now. His brother is coaching in the Super Bowl this week. Maybe he's trying to get there as well, all right? Uh, dang, why couldn't yeah. we have Zach Taylor? Yeah, he, uh, he 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 gets a uh, he gets probably gets clowned on at Thanksgiving uh, when he has to move across the table as Zach Taylor bro. coaching that Bengals team and um, he's an offensive analyst this past year. There you go. Um, but I guess my my thoughts on Press Taylor leaving will be really quick and then uh, you guys can discuss. I don't think this is a spot that the Colts probably even look at replacing. It was a spot they kind of created um, for Press Taylor. He's a guy who had worked with Frank Reich in the past. He's a guy who had a relationship. 
going to a guy who he has a relationship with and Doug Peterson. Some people even looked at the hire as a little bit of nepotism in a way because he kind of failed in Philadelphia um, at the role that he had. So getting it off the coordinator job just two years removed from that's a, it's interesting for sure, but who knows if he's calling plays, who knows, but I do know that I just don't think the Colts, this is a spot the Colts are going to have to look to replace, but I, I think, I think they would. I mean, offensive analysts are coming more like kind of like analytics guys, you know, they're, they're becoming a job. Frank Wright needs spot. an analytics guy. I think they're a guy. It's a spot that's being created throughout the NFL. I know it's big uh, in in college. I know it's big in college, but I think it's something that's also coming up into the NFL. I I don't know if they're going to look to replace that, but for right now, we think they are. Now, Rashad, your thoughts on Press Taylor leaving? Justin says his going to be quick. Mine's going to be pretty, pretty much a little quicker than that. I'm going to be honest, I just didn't see the significant impact that Press Taylor had on this offense. Uh, I don't feel like his presence made or broke anything, make or break anything. Uh, Sure, I'm sure he had his share of ideas that he came up with that he ran by Frank and maybe Frank utilized them uh, or not. But I just didn't see the, the effect that he had. But I seen this as much like a bounce back position. Okay, you come over here, you work with me for a couple of years. Next thing you know, you'll be back on your feet in no time. Whether Doug Peterson would have came came back and gave him a shot or another coach that he had some history with when a position opened up. You just want to get in good graces. And when he left Philly, he wasn't in good graces. And now he's found his way back to a position that, a real position where he's going to be forced to, to creatively think and develop a guy, you know, develop a young guy who, who the NFL expects to be a superstar and it's going to be the, the spotlight is going to be on him. So we're going to see what exactly he brung to the table because I'm still curious to know. Uh, I like that he's leaving because if we're going to go in another year with Carson Wentz, get all the friends out of the building, get, get all his friends out of the building, get new voices, get new faces, new voices, outside opinions in and stop catering to him. Stop trying to baby him. Stop trying to, you know, tell him what he wants to hear. Coach him hard. Not saying that he didn't uh, or anything. I'm not so in those all of his in friends, those meetings. Uh, get all of his friends out. All of his friends, except so for the main friends. important one, that's the leader oh, of the so, team. So, so Frank so, Reich's allowed to stay. He's allowed to stay because he's okay. The best just, coach. just making, just making right. sure, just making sure just making he's allowed sure. to stay. Disclaimer, disclaimer. I got you. I got you. Uh, but yeah, get get all their asses out. You know, everybody that's going to cater to this guy, don't. Uh, j- just like a baby, you know, don't cater to him. Tell him what he needs to do. Teach him what he needs to learn. If they don't do it, stick with them to the eighteen and then kick him out the house. Um, but other than that, another coach is on the move, and <laughs> Mike Grow. I actually mentioned this earlier after the regular season of guys who needs to leave. Mike Grow is leaving the Indianapolis Colts to take the same job as or for the New York Giants. Now, I don't know if it's just going to be receivers coach might be passing game. I I don't know. Well, not passing game for That's for defense. He is leaving to go to the New York Giants of all places. He's going to the Giants. Uh, Who does who wants to go to the Giants? He is leaving, and behind him leaves Scrubs, except for one in the receiver room. So I don't know how much we're going to spend on, on this topic, but Rashad, I'll start with you. Uh, Mike Groh is out of Indianapolis going to New York for some reason. I have no idea why, but uh, w- what do you think? Well, New York has a lot more weapons for him to work with than Indianapolis at that position. So They got no I- quarterback to use them, though. <laughs> That that's definitely that's another question. I mean, another topic for another day. We can get to that. But um, you know, Mike Rowe, uh, it was some things about him that uh I really felt like I needed to see that I didn't see. I want more, I need a little bit more out that position. Um, sure his continuity continuity with Frank and the rest of the guys on the staff will be missed. Um but it's from a development standpoint, I just didn't see where, where he took guys, you know, and, and made and elevated their play. You know, I, I can't point to a guy. I mean, obviously, Michael Pittman, I feel like that was more natural. Michael Pittman just evolving as a player than it was because Mike Rowe really, you know, 
walked him or elevated his play with his coaching ability. I just don't see it that way. Um, I think we need a, a, another coach, a coach that, that can actually develop these guys, some of these later round guys, uh, lower level guys that Frank Wright loved to pick up, you know, these receivers on day 38 of free agency that we signed, or a guy that we draft in the sixth round, or a special teams guy that Mike doesn't like, like Ashton Doolin, you know, um, guys like whoa, that. Whoa, 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 hold on. Before you continue that thought, I gave him his props. I gave him his due. Okay, I am on record, Destin. Destin, back me up here. Hey, uh, you're Mike muted. has Mike has come on and apologized about Doolin. Does that mean we just let him live down all the oh, negative Jesus. things he said? Exactly. Thank you, Dustin. Probably not. Now, no. he has apologized. He has owned up that he was wrong, and I appreciate that. I respect that. Um, you're still going to you're still gonna get those comments from us. But, I mean, the receiver coach spot for me, just to be quick, I mean, I think the developmental issues have been there. Um, I understand the move for Mike Grow. I think he's going to be able to work with a more talented receiver room. There's a new offensive mind that's going to be in New York. There's going to be a new system in New York. And, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up. Um, I believe the Giants had no receivers score a touchdown this past year, if that's correct. Yes. Um, yeah, so the Giants went a whole season without their receivers getting in the end zone. Well, I yet. think, no, actually, it was Cardarius Tony and Kenny Galladay who did not have a touchdown. Maybe it was just those two. Maybe I'm overselling it. But, I believe so. I think Sterling over, Shepard had one. Overall, wasn't a lot of success um, getting in the end zone. So Mike Groh's not going to have a whole lot to have to improve, but he has the talent there to make it happen. Indy needs to add some talent to the room, but they also need to get, a, I think, a youthful um, – Rashad kind of mentioned earlier getting some youthful minds on the staff to kind of be able to help in that realm. I think this spot would be a good spot for that. I mean, we've seen Wes Welker um, kind of make his resurgence into the NFL. He just got hired in Miami after being in San Francisco. Um, I'd love to find a guy, um, maybe a former player, maybe just a guy who's just around the position a lot that is younger kind of – up to do with what the NFL is doing nowadays at the receiver position. We'll see what happens. Okay. So I have three recommendations. Okay. I don't know how likely they are. Uh, although one of them, I do actually look like, look at as kind of likely, but three names that I want to give right now, first off, let's get Reggie Wayne back in the building. Okay. Let's get him as, as, as a coach. And we're going to mention Darius Butler. Let's, let's give a call to Marvin Harrison. Let's give a call to, uh, to, to Reggie I, I, Wayne. I, I'm, I'm going to put this out right now. I love Marvin Harrison. There do we go. Not, do not make him a receiver coach. <laughs> I, not, I love Marvin. Any Marvin Harrison doors. I love <laughs> right. Marvin. But we are not. not I think we all know why, but we're not going to get into that. But Reggie Wayne, leader, gentleman, like he, he played, he was so good at the position, such an amazing route runner, created separation with his route running. Let's get him in the building. Let, let, let's have an interview. Um, a guy that I do want to give props to, and it, it's going to be one of my guys. I, it's probably not likely at all, but I want to shout out Malcolm Kelly from TCU. He is such a good receivers coach. He's developed guys in the past that went on to the NFL. Now, what those trash uh, trash organizations did with them is none of his business, but he got them as first-round picks. He developed them a lot. He's a great relationship builder, uh, probably the best recruit recruiter out there for TCU. And the next one, who I think is realistic, who the staff loves, Brian Hartline from Ohio State. I'll, I'll mention Brian Hartline from Ohio State. I remember, you know, with the next pick, uh, Frank Reich talked about it. He, he spoke with Brian Hartline about Paris Campbell. He quoted him and said, you know, Brian Hartline said, if my daughter was going to marry someone, this would be the guy that I want to do that. So I think there's a relationship there. I would definitely highlight uh, Brian Hartline as well. Anything else that you guys uh, want to highlight as a receiver coach possibly? No, so, the, the 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 Brian Hartline one was a great one. I actually never thought of that, but it makes so much sense, especially with this team and Ohio State ties. I, I, I like the Brian Hartline. I do. Um, he's somebody that would stand out. I mean, I think there are a lot of former receivers that could come in and teach it well. It's just finding the right guy. I mean, I don't have a name that comes to mind. Um, 
I, I would love to have Reggie in the building is coaching something he's interested in doing. I have no idea. Um, while we're talking about Reggie Wayne, the NFL screwed him today. He didn't get into the hall of fame. Just had to say it. Um, that's a crime against football and just had to stay, say it out there. Um, but as long as, as long as we get um, the right mind in there to be able to develop and then also get the right personnel in there for this, for this coach to be able to like get off on the right foot. I, I'm just excited for the option to have a new direction. All right, guys, we are going to get into the last segment of the show. If you haven't already, guys, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit that red button, hit the thumbs up, and comment down below of what you think about these points that we're putting out there. Which coaches do you guys want to see? Make sure you drop them in the comments down below, guys. Now, it's time to talk some Super Bowl football, guys. Okay, the game we all wish we could be in, but we suck, and it's not going to happen this year. It's going to happen next year um, when we trade for Jimmy G. Oh, I'm just playing. But uh, <laughs> anyways... Oh, 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 and um, oh, before, we, before we move on, more coaching news. Uh, running back coach, running back coach Scotty Montgomery is interviewing for the Saints offensive coordinator position. So Jonathan Taylor probably single handedly is going to get him an offensive coordinator job. That is hey, Scotty Scotty Montgomery knows what he's doing. Man. He's a good he, coach. He's man. been he's, he's been around coach. the run the running back position for a while. Um, the Saints he, would he, be a really good job. Yeah, now, he I mean, developed a couple good have, ones at Maryland. They have some situations going on with the question marks about uh, Mr. Alvin Kamara um, in the running back spot, obviously. But um, Scotty Montgomery knows what he's doing. It'd be a big loss for the Colts if he ended up taking that job. But I mean, hey, it's a good it's good for the Colts because it feels like if you get a job with this Colts um, coaching staff, you get offers off the coordinator, head coaching jobs. They come. And y'all think that Frank Reich really ain't that good. Shame on y'all. Not not you guys, the fans out, out right. there that want him fired. But anyways, guys, Super Bowl talk. This is going to be the last segment of the show. Uh, Joe Burrow, obviously, new new kid in town. Uh, you know, is going to be the underdog in this game, facing the favorites, the home team. Well, technically not the home team in this game, but they're the home team. They're going to have the home crowd behind them, the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not sure what I'm looking forward to most. Uh, the halftime show of Dr. Dre and them or this game. I don't know which one I'm looking forward to the most. But, uh, Des Desson, I want to start with you first on this game, okay? Because I feel like the next one that's going to have the segment is going to go on for like maybe 50 minutes. So I want to give you uh, the floor on this one, okay? Rams, Bengals, Joey B versus Matthew Stafford, the matchup we all predicted. What's going to happen? I just want to start by saying I love the NFL. Um, this will be the 17th straight season. We don't have a defending champion I'm in the NFL. Most com competitive professional sport out there. Um, Bengals-Rams, um, not the matchup we would have predicted. I predicted the Rams early on um, in the process to come out of the NFC, um, but would not have guessed the Bengals. Scrappy little team. Didn't have an easy route there. Um, played on the road in the second and third rounds basically playing on the road in the Super Bowl, but it's not new to them. Um, I'm still going to go Rams. Um, I think the Rams just have the overall veteran presence. Um, they have the talent. They have the home crowd. They have the home field. I, I just think it's lining up for the Rams. Um, big Matthew Stafford guy, big fan of some of the coaches out there. I'm in LA. Um, so I'm going to end up going Rams. I'm, I'm going to go and say that it ends up being – 31 to 24 um, Bengals have the ball in the end, um, but aren't able to get into the end zone. So they end up losing this one, um, but it's, it's going to be a heck of a game. I'm super excited. Rashad. Tell me. Um, Floor is yours, man. Well, since um, I have the pleasure of attending this game, and I'll humble, be, humble brag. You know, I'll probably be sitting in um, a pretty good section, uh, family and friends section. You know, I think I'm obligated to say I got the Rams. Um, but honestly, without any bias, I, I think the Rams are the better football team from from top to bottom. And I also think that one of the Bengals' biggest Achilles heel is one of the Rams' greatest strengths. Uh, we saw what happened to them in Tennessee. They did a better job against Kansas City um, as far as 
limiting the amount of uh, pressures and, and sacks and hurries that that Joe Burrow has. But but this defensive line, man, it, it's it's really about five six guys deep. Um, if we count the edge, the edge um, linebackers, that's really just defensive ends. Um, this, we got Aaron Donald, we got Leonard Floyd, we have Von Miller, who's a Super Bowl MVP itself. We have Greg Gaines. Um, get well soon, Sebastian Joseph Day is another guy that's that's really productive. Um, Ashawn Robinson has been playing out of his mind this playoffs. It's I just don't like that matchup for for the Bengals, and, and as well as they've been playing and the way they've been able to overcome it all year. I just think it finally catches up to them, and that that line just gets way too much pressure on Joe Burrow for him to get comfortable. So I have the Rams, and I have the score being thirty-one to twenty-seven. Man, y'all are really giving the Bengals a lot of credit. Y'all, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, I get it. I I get it. It's the Super Bowl, but. I, I, I really don't think this is going to be the game that everybody's hoping for. I think everybody's hoping for Joe Burrow to go throw for throw with Matthew Stafford, um, you know, for it to be like decided in the last five minutes of the game. I don't think that's going to be it at all. I, I, I really don't. I, I just don't see how physically the Bengals match up with the Rams. I, I don't. Trenches. the off- Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.